Many of you know I was the youngest sibling of all my siblings. I was the baby of the family. If there are any other babies of the family out there, go ahead and raise your hand. Raise your hand in the comments section so you know what I'm talking about. I was the baby, and I lived up the persona as the baby of the family. I still do. I really loved going to family gatherings. I loved showing up because I knew as soon as the baby walked in, oh, it was on. Everybody would be loving and high-fiving, and they'd say, Brad, oh, we're so happy you're here. And I'd be like, yeah, I know. Don't worry. The loved one has arrived, right? I just felt more loved than my other siblings because I was. But that's not the point. What the point is, is somewhere along the lines, that quit happening. And I finally pinpointed where it happened. Nowadays, when I show up to a family gathering, they go, where's your kids? Where's Max? Where's Kimber? Where's Sam? Did you not bring the kids? And I'm like, yeah, they're right behind me, guys. Good to see you too. You know, nobody cares about Brent anymore. They want to see my beautiful babies, which I don't blame them. They're incredible. And at first it kind of bothered me. At first it was like, hey, I'm a person too. I want love, right? But then I started thinking how amazing it was as the father to see so many people love my sons, love my daughter, and how happy it made me to see a group of people love my children. And it made me think of Palm Sunday, of what we're celebrating today, the beginning of Holy Week. And just like Paul talked about last week about how much it makes him love someone that loves his son, how proud the father was seeing Christ ride into Jerusalem. And the crowd singing Hosanna, praising him, calling him king. How, how proud of a moment that was for the Father. Will you stand with us for the reading of, of God's word? And if you don't stand, I'll know. I can see you. No, I can't. Just stand. Uh, in Luke 19, starting in verse 28. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? You shall say this, The Lord has need of it. That would convince me. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, Why are you untying the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus. And showing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Say amen. Come on. Father, we thank you for your word. 
We thank you that you wrote in. And we just pray that you ride on King Jesus. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. At this same time that Jesus was riding into Jerusalem, on the other side of town, history tells us that Pontius Pilate was riding into town as well. But instead of riding in on a donkey, he was riding in on a war horse, ready to do battle with, with soldiers all around him, with, with other soldiers on war horses, showing this great big show of force, trying to portray that there is nothing and no one that is going to threaten him or overthrow him. You see, as the crowds were screaming, a, a lot of those people were praising Jesus because they thought there was going to be a, a political revolution. They thought that, that he was going to come in and overthrow the government. But that's not what he did. Isn't it amazing when you expect Jesus to do something, but then he does something even better? Can you say amen to that? Come on. You expect him to do something, and then he switches it up on you, and he does something even more amazing. Even more amazing. This is the first day of the last week of his life. Imagine that. He knows what's coming. He knows what's about to happen. And instead of living it up or trying to show force, he comes in on a donkey showing peace. A donkey who's meant to carry burdens. That's it's a whole purpose. He's trying to tell you something with that. He's trying to tell you that he was a different kind of king, a humble king. A king that doesn't have to show force. See, here's a little tip. For any conversation or any issue that you have uh, in your life, if it's relationship or at work, the amount of force that you bring bring to a certain situation, situation, if you bring more force, you you are more apt to be met with resistance. You see, if you bring a you lot of force to a situation, you're going to be met, be met with, resistance. with resistance. Now, Christ will now Christ climb will every mountain. Climb every he mountain. will light up the he dark. He will knock down every wall to get to you. But when he gets to you, he's not going to knock you down. He's not going to break through you. He's not going to beat you into submission. He doesn't have to show force in that way. He gives you the choice. The choice. He'll knock down everything knock down to, get out everything of the way. to get out of the way. But then when he gets to you, when he gets to you it's, humble. it's humble. He shows, he shows peace, peace and, humility and humility and gives you the choice, you the choice to follow him. To follow Can, you say him. Can you say amen? amen. You see, you see I, would I would much rather follow a king that doesn't have to tell me that he's king. Does that make sense? I would much rather follow a king that doesn't have to try to keep reminding everyone, hey, I'm king, guys. Hey, I'm king. Everybody look at my war horse. Look at all my soldiers. Everybody, I'm king. No, Jesus just said, give me a donkey. I'll ride in on that. And that's enough. Because I'm the son of God. And I am who I am. And I will save you. These people that were crying out to him, crying out, save us, Hosanna, glory to God on the highest, were the exact same crowd that was screaming, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him a week later. Now, I want to I point out a couple things in this scripture. He, he tells them to go and get 
a donkey, but a specific kind of donkey, a specific one, one that had never been ridden before, one that had never had been sat on before, was going to do something that it had never done before, ever. You see, Christ wants to do something in your life that nobody's ever done before. He wants to do something in your life that no one else ever could. He wants to carry the burden for you, just like that donkey. Just like that donkey that had never been rode or or burdened with anything. He is the type of king that is going to do something that has never been done. Never been done. Because he's a different type of king. Can you say amen? The Lord has need of it. The Lord has need of it. That's all. Can can I use your boat? Can I get in your boat? Can I get in your, your, can I have your donkey? Why? Because the Lord has need of it. What is it that God has come to you in your life and said, hey, I need this. I need this from you. I have need of it. And did you say yes? Or did you keep it to yourself? Did you let him have it? Or did you hold on to it? And did you put a burden on that animal or on that thing that wasn't meant to carry that? Did you try to carry it when you weren't meant to carry it? Are you carrying a burden now in your life that you're not meant to carry? Is there something that you're holding on to that you're trying to grit your teeth through, that you're trying to get through that you just haven't given to him you see the lord has need of it the lord has need of your struggle the lord has need of your addiction he wants to take those things from you to show you something to show the world something to show how good of a god he is whatever it is that you're going through whatever it is that you're battling with god's going to use it he'll use it He'll use it for the glory of God. The Lord has need of it. The Lord has need of you. It's time to disciple up. To disciple up. You see, so often, so often we're, we're caught up with what the world's saying. And in the crowds, we, we fall in line with what the crowd is, is saying and screaming. So as they cried out to him, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us, save us. Glory to God on the highest. And then the crowd turned. And they screamed, crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him a week later. I'm here to tell you that we are the church. But we are the church that is going to stay in the same spot that when everybody else is saying crucify him, we're still saying glory to God on the highest. We're still saying Hosanna. We're still saying glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the only living God. Can you say amen? We, the church, do not get swayed with the crowd. We do not listen to what the media says or what everybody else says or try to go along to get along. We're not doing that. No, we're standing on God's word. We're standing on the promise of him. We're standing on who he is to us because he is who he says he is. Now, yesterday, tomorrow, forever and ever and ever. Can you say amen? 
as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice, saying, for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. He was riding in on a donkey to symbolize peace. Peace. Peace for you. Peace for your family. Peace for your marriage. Peace for your children. Peace for the world. You see, he wasn't riding in, taking over. He wasn't on a conquest. He wasn't riding in to just lay waste to the government or the things that were. No, no, no. He was humbly riding in, showing you peace, showing you love. And that's all. It wasn't a show of force because he doesn't have to remind us he's king. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Tell them, tell them to quit screaming this stuff. Tell them to knock it off. You're, you're going to get in trouble. You're, you're, you're going to make someone upset if, you, if they keep doing this. And he said, look, if they are silent, the rocks themselves would cry out. The rocks themselves would cry out because he is king. And whether you admit it or whether you scream it or not, it doesn't change the fact that he is the son of God and that he is the king. That's not going to change, no matter who's saying it or not saying it. And here's the other thing. Whether, whatever the consequences may be, I am going to say he is king. Glory to God on the highest. I am going to continue to say that. If someone tries to rebuke me because of fear of, of punishment, bring it on. I am telling you right now, he is king. I will tell everybody he is king, and I'm not changing that fact. I will not because I know that there is no stone that is going to cry out in my place. There is no stone that is going to get to say that he is king and praise him when I cannot. No, that is me. The stones can keep quiet. The stones can keep quiet because I know I'm not alone in this either. He is king. He is king. He is king. Type it in the comment section. He is my king. And then after you type it, go out and live it. Go out and live it and tell everyone that you know that he is your king. And whenever somebody tries to rebuke you and say, hey, maybe you shouldn't say that, guess what? You're going to say it anyway. We are the church. We are his church. Now, if you will turn to, uh, with me. To Psalm 118, starting in verse 24. I want you to remember this. Remember this moment as we're, we're reading this scripture. Remember this moment as they scream Hosanna, as they scream to, to save us. Remember that they had already known this scripture. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. First off, just Rejoice in this day. Rejoice right now, knowing that this is the day that the Lord hath made. And whatever is going on, be glad in it. Be glad in it, because he's working. He's still working. 
Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine upon us. Hallelujah. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. You may have lost your job or been temporarily laid off. You may have been dealing with something. You may have been dealing with people who are, are fearful or have anxiety. You may have fear or have anxiety with the stuff that's going on and this crazy uncertainty, and it's, it's a different world. It's a different world. Nobody's ever seen anything like this. But let me remind you to give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Type forever. Forever. His steadfast love endures forever. You got laid off? He is good. And his love endures forever. You, you, you're scared of getting sick or you know someone that is sick? He is good and his love endures forever. You're having a hard time not being able to see the ones you love, grandparents, uh, aunts, uncles, and, and you're, you're, you're cooped up and you're, you're quarantined and you're having a hard time with it. He is good. And his steadfast love endures forever. I, I just want to remind you of that fact. I want to remind you that Christ is humbly asking to come into your life. He's not riding on his war horse. He's not going to force you into anything. He's not going to knock down your, 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 your heart. No, he wants to be invited in. He wants to be invited in. And today's that day. If you've never made a profession of faith, if you've never decided to allow the humble king to be your king instead of the world, Today's the day. If you've had a hard time and, and, and you're, you're carrying something that you're not meant to carry, he's riding in on a donkey, carrying a burden. He's meant to carry your burden. Let him carry it. Let him carry it for you. There's, there's a burden in your life that even if you have been saved and you're, dis, you're discipled and you are on the process of sanctification, you can't carry the things yourself all the time. You have to give them to him. Allow him to pack them. That's what he wants to do for you. He wants to carry your burdens. He's already carried the entire world's. Let him carry yours. Let him carry yours for a while. Your uncertainty, let him carry it. Your fear of what's coming next, let him carry that. The anxiety of, of, a, of a lost and dying world, and the people that you care about, let him carry that burden for you because he will replace it with his Holy Spirit. He will replace those things with what will bring him glory. Let him have those things. 
The Lord has need of it. If there was ever a time that the Lord has need of it, it's now. It's now. Nothing and no one had ever ridden that donkey before. Nobody. Nobody may have ever asked to carry your burdens for you. But I'm telling you right now, Christ is. Christ is. You know, when we started this from the cradle to the cross to the crown, I thought, man, this series is going to take forever. It's going to be so long. We're already here. We're already here. The beginning of the week of that he died. But know this. It's not that quick of an opportunity to get to know Jesus. You have him now. The king is coming and he's here. He's here right now and he's coming. He will come again. It won't be on a donkey this time. It won't be on a donkey. So know this. The Lord is good. And his steadfast love endures forever. Lay your burdens down at the altar. Lay them down. Let them be replaced today with his Holy Spirit. He's got need of them. He wants to work in your life and he wants to work in someone else's life.